Welcome back to the No Further Comments podcast, a.k.a. the NFC. I'm your co-host, Alex Meacham, and to my left is the talented Mr. Glenn Riley. What's up? Another day. Yeah, yeah. A lot going on in the news. When is it not? It just seems like with social media, things happen so quickly, and it's just like a just a fire hydrant of this stuff coming at you. Yeah. I, I don't like that 60s reference, but yeah, yeah, it's, it's um, it comes at you quick. I mean, what was... Um, Hitting three days ago is like whatever. Right. So I want to dedicate this podcast to a friend of mine that just passed away. A young man, uh, say young man because he was 35 years old, Joel Cornett. Joel Cornett grew up here in Cincinnati, played basketball at St. Xavier High School. We used to play open gyms together all around the city. He went on to play at Butler. Okay. And he was part of that Butler group that really changed I don't know if change is the right word, but really got that Butler train going where you just knew year in and year out Butler was going to be a tough out in NCAA tournament. Oh, okay. He was he was part of that whole group, and he was very instrumental of bringing that Butler toughness, high basketball IQ. It was kind of like that Tim that Tim Duncan. Okay. You know, did a lot of things, rebounded, great post moves. Went on to play a little bit professionally. Was uh, let's see, an assistant coach at Iowa. Um. Uh, Trying to think of all the different stops he had, uh, assistant coaching wise, but ended up a, an agent, and they recently found him uh, dead in his apartment. I'm not sure what the causes were, but uh, some people said he had a heart attack. But Joel was a very good friend. I knew him all along his whole career, um, St. X to Butler. He was at Butler when I was at the University of Cincinnati. Just a great, great guy. Great sports family. His brother played at Notre Dame. Okay. Uh, just and his brother's actually in broadcasting now. Okay, yeah. So just a great family. So this podcast is uh, dedicated to Joel Cornett. There you go. Moving along, let's talk. I don't know about you, Glenn. I'm glad the Olympics are over. Yeah, I was uh, just in the sporting goods store on the way over here, and um, when the Olympics are over, they're over. <laughs> <laughs> There's no Olympic stuff in uh, Dick's Sporting Goods right now. Oh, it's gone. It's gone. Clearance sale. Yeah, that's at the outlet now. It got shifted to TJ Maxx? Man. Like every... I couldn't believe it. Like, wow. Like, you would think it would just be discounted. Oh, it's just gone. Really? <laughs> no longer. That didn't happen. Well, you know, with the Olympics, I think there were some great things that happened during the Olympics, but they were overshadowed by so much controversy. It was almost like the media was looking for controversy and wanted to make that the story. Yeah. Where you have, you know, Usain Bolt, uh, Phelps, you can go on and on about the great things that were accomplished. Ledecky. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. All those great things were overshadowed by, it was almost like that's the, kind of like the generation we're in is, Let's look for the controversy. Let's find if, if Phelps yeah. wins the gold. Let's find what's wrong with that. Uh huh. I, I I know that's what I did. No, but it, it does feel like social media is like has the potential to ruin everything because no doubt. You know, like did did Gabby Douglas um, put her hand over her heart during the national anthem? It's like, is this a real controversy? Let, let's look at every national anthem now and judge who who's showing um, you know proper patriotic symbols you know like it's just kind of crazy like this is what we do now but, so, so you didn't have a problem with that uh no i mean I, you know you you were supposed to put your hand over your heart during the pledge of allegiance that was the the what i've always taught the um 
the national anthem. I mean, you just see guys all the time sometimes. I mean, you, you stand respectfully, but you don't, you know, it's, it's not mandatory that you place your hand over your heart. You take off your hat. You know what I mean? That's like, right. yeah. Well, I think so many people said that she should have had her hand over her heart because of the situation that she represented America. Yeah, but I'm saying how many people won gold medals and had that song played and how many had their hand over their heart? If if we're going to do this, then let's go down on every single person. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, if, if somebody is more popular. I mean, she's won gold medals before. Do we have a list? Is she, she putting her hand on her heart zero times? Is it like 40%? Is it 80%? So why that moment? I want a shooting percentage. Why, why that moment? Because social media. Maybe we wouldn't, you know, Twitter wasn't rocking like this in, in 2012. I don't know. I was disappointed in the Olympics that we did not see enough Jordan crying face memes. Man. I, seriously, think about that. There when weren't I go home, many. I'm going to make um, the five rings. It's just going to be five Jordan, Jordan cry face. <laughs> well, we, One of each, each color. <laughs> we, we saw the Jordan crying face uh, during the Michael Phelps race. Okay. That that was the the only time I think I saw it. He beat the what was the guy's name? I don't even know his name. What country he was from? It that. doesn't matter. It doesn't. He <laughs> smoked him, but the guy was talking trash to Michael Phelps. Yeah, I, I can't remember the guy's name, but uh, they they put the Jordan crying face on him, which I thought was hilarious. That they, his even, new name is Jordan Cryface. <laughs> they they even put the the goggles. Oh wow. on the crying face. It was like oh, oh somebody did a lochty, uh, a lochty in, in the interview uh, with the, with the gray hair. <laughs> Did they really? I didn't see that one. Yeah, that, that, <laughs> my that, that, bad. I missed yeah, it. Yeah, that, that, that's fresh off off, off, the, off the, uh, the mat now. Oh, that's good stuff. Well, speaking of memes, have you seen this, these memes that have been going around? And no, beyond memes, but just even petitions about the gorilla that was killed at the Cincinnati Zoo. Harambe? The, the, yeah. The director of the Cincinnati Zoo had to come out. Yeah, and say that, that he didn't find, find these funny. <laughs> Please stop. <laughs> it was like it, was, it got to the point where preseason NFL games, there were pictures of fans in the stands wearing a jersey with the gorilla's name on the back. It was like there was a Bengals one, there was like a Raiders one. Oh wow! It was crazy. It was they, a, it was a movement. Uh huh. <laughs> it, it doesn't need to stop. Rambe. I mean, really. If if they were fully set on making a profit off of that, and they started making the the shirts themselves, the Cincinnati Zoo, that would be darn interesting. Oh, no doubt. How you doing? <laughs> <laughs> the, every time for people that want to know, every time we do our podcast, the lady that comes in to take the trash out of our particular area we're in comes in every time we're in her time slot <laughs> so so this is this might be a uh an extended thing thank, we, thank you we got to get her on we got to find out her name yeah she's gonna be on the podcast next week yeah all right so i, I checked out the ray Schremert. by the way do you know they have emojis now ray Schremert emojis no i'm just <laughs> this just is came out I, okay I figured you'd be, you'd be I'm, I'm normally on it. <laughs> <laughs> I checked out the album. Uh, you, you, you're giving a lukewarm response. Yeah, yeah. That, that's a shame. There were some songs that I could see if you're in your car and you're driving and stuff. Yeah, yeah all of them. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wouldn't feel it. Speaking of music, I want to touch on a couple music things that are going on. 
Uh, Tribe Call Quest, L.A. Reed was on a podcast, and he said Tribe Call Quest is coming out with a new album. I heard that. That was before it was recorded before, obviously, Fife Dog's death, and it's going to feature him on every song. Okay. What do you think about that? Do you think that obviously there's going to be a lot of people from our generation that are excited about the album? Can a group like that? And I know we talked about Andre 3000 last week, but can a can artists from that generation because they haven't had an album out since 1998? Yeah, the that, Love Movement album. This is that, that's 18 years. I mean. If you were born the day the Love Movement came out, you'll be voting in November. <laughs> that and that's crazy. That is crazy. Yeah. So, and by the way, the Love Movement, check that out now. That was slept on at the time. It was kind of like uh, I don't know, Tribe is out of here, but like, not a bad album. So, that's the one thing I love about hip hop that an album, you know, during the '90s, you could say ah, it was okay, but then you revisit it now. Yeah, you're like, that's a great album. Well, I mean, I think you could probably do that with other genres, but it it is weird because we're more or less still in the infancy of 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 rap. So there's so many, you know, things that kind of were were dated in the timeline. So a '90s album sounds like a '90s album, and that's why I'm curious about this because, like, you know. Is is this '90s style hip hop, or did they, you know, update their formula, so to speak, for you know present day rap? And like, I don't really know what to make of it because um, I was talking about this with a friend of mine, and I was listening to um, the documentary uh, or Vinyl Ways a Ton that's um, about Stone Throw Records out of um, California, and there was they like um, formed a group. It was the guy who who runs it now, Peanut Butter Wolf. And like his boy. Well, I'm sorry. What was his name? <laughs> Peanut Butter Wolf. <laughs> I like I like this guy. These are big names on, on, on the, on the West Coast uh, new school movement in the '90s. Apparently, well, real quick, the best name of all time, in my opinion, is Convertible Burt. Nothing will touch the strong Miami Dade County's legendary Convertible Burt. That's it. Let's just say it. Yeah, I know Convertible Burt, but but <laughs> st- high on the list as well. Bounty Killer. The reggae? Yeah. Because he simply gets paid to take you out. Just just let that sink in. If you're picking a name, just, just said you was off the chain, you, you got, it's about money and it's about murder. <laughs> That's what you're about? Think about that. There's a documentary on Convertible Burt. I advise you watch that. I'm going to need to. But, um, but back, back to Peanut Butter Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> so I heard a snippet of, of this music and apparently came out in 1993 or in that time period. And the guy died like in 1994. And I checked it out like maybe four or five months ago. And it was like, can I hear this music through my 2016 ears? How do I evaluate something that I'm just getting hip to, but actually came out in 1993? And it was it's, it's bizarre. So like I said, I don't know, you know, like, can I judge this from... You know, what I would have liked when I was, you know, 17 years old. I mean, who's to say? But is is hip hop the only music form that there's just like a almost like a age cap on it? Like you're like too old to rap. Like I don't I feel like other art forms, you know, you got. Uh, Eric Clapton, he he brought out B.B. King and the place goes crazy. They want to hear B.B. King and... B.B. King's dead. I know, but I'm saying when B.B. <laughs> King was alive. Yeah. 
But it's like with hip hop, yeah. You know, you've got so many artists who say this other artist influenced me. Yeah. But that particular, let's say J. Cole, he would say that, you know, somebody influenced him, but his audience really yeah, doesn't isn't, hip down. And then if you have that guy, people are like, ah, nah, nah. It's like, you know, they always find that interesting. And it also, take for instance, Kumo D. At one point, Kumo D was one of the better rappers out. Yeah, no doubt. Right? If you took him right now and had him make a song, there's no yeah, way. It, it just wouldn't, wouldn't it stand. Wouldn't. So how is that? It's not like. Well, we were so early in the progression that like someone like Rakim, like, for example, Rakim came out in 1986. And he largely, in, in people's minds, was the best rapper in the game until like Nas dropped. Now he held the, the crown for six years, but rap, as far as we knew, basically came out in 1980 with the sugar Hill gang. So by 1992, he was 50% of, of the history of rap. He was the baddest dude, in the game. Mm-hmm. So that's such a large percentage wise of the time. But the, you know, a rapper in like, 1982 was obsolete by the time 1987 came around. And a rapper who was hitting in 1987 was like obsolete by the time, you know, the mid-90s came around. So it's getting weird, man, because like nobody can can hold that longevity. And you can't really tell people like, oh, yeah, this was popping back then. They're like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> sure. And I think that's why I give the, the nod to Jay-Z as the greatest rapper ever. Yeah, well, that's, that's not even a question. Right. No and, doubt about and it. And if someone wants to argue that, oh, we, we can fight. You know, you know how that goes. There are plenty of people that will argue with us on that. I want to get to one of the things you just said a minute ago, and that is about Tribe Called Quest. Would they mix that 90s rap with the two, 2016 flow? Well, one of the albums that I just recently heard that a lot of people have been waiting to come out is the Frank Ocean album, Blonde. And when I listened to it the first time, I thought, and I only listened to it once. So is it I blonde or boys don't cry? Uh, I thought it was blonde. I don't know. It's like they're, che- they're, they're it's constantly updating. I, I saw they said blonde boys Wait, don't cry. We're gonna check Mario, our producer. Is is blonde? It's blonde. Okay, that's one Mario. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Mario's only allowed in the podcast twice. So <laughs> got, that was one. You got a two drink minimum. <laughs> no, we couldn't. So so blonde. When I listened to it, I thought Frank Ocean. And the production team did a great job of blending an, the older classic sounds with today's generation of music. Okay, I thought they I thought they did a great job with that, but I really haven't listened to the album enough to say it's a very good album. If it's it's an average album, and when you look at social media, the album had been out thirty forty five minutes, and people on Twitter. Or saying it's a classic already. I'm like, how do you absorb yeah, you music that quickly? Yeah, you haven't even you, you you literally it hasn't been enough time for you to play the album in its entirety. Like the album itself is like 48 minutes long. You can't say that you <laughs> you've heard you've heard it in a half an hour. And I don't know. I mean, I liked it. It seemed melodic or whatever, but it did hit me off the bat. Like maybe you know four or five of the songs on the first one. Like you know, think about you. Like that was immediately a hit. You know what I mean? And I'm like. Lost is still killing. Forrest Gump is still killing. Um, Super Rich Kids is still on there. But the new one, it was nothing that I've heard 
Maybe a couple songs, but no. it, I'm still not on it, on it like that. I just, I just want to say this. this uh, Mario, this is I'm two. This is my second one. <laughs> this is Early in the game, these timeouts. <laughs> but I just want to say this. Y'all got to realize that's the era that we live in now. We live in like the, it's called, literally, it's like the GOAT era. Like, everybody quick to give somebody the title, especially on social media. Yeah, I will come behind that mic. Yeah, <laughs> no. yeah that, that that's it, valid. I mean, well, it's like everyone's got to have their, their hot take. And the the hotter the better, and the sooner you can get yours out there, you know, because it's almost like if you hear a song on Monday and I hear it on Thursday, you be like, "Oh yeah, you late." No doubt. It's like, man, okay, I'm sorry, I had to, um, I had to attend a funeral. You know what I'm yeah. saying? You have to. Sh- so take for instance, designer. He does the you know, what was it? Was it the freshman freestyle where he did the Timmy Timmy Turner? Yeah. He yeah. did it. He did it acapella or whatever. He did it with the. The hand snap, to me, to me, to me, to me. So everyone's like, man, I got to hear that song. Yeah. Well, it was almost like he took too long yeah, the to build, release the it. The buildup was better than the than the song. Right. If he would have dropped that song yeah. just a couple days after. Oh, would have been, yeah. It, you, you, it's like you can't get everyone primed and ready and not deliver. And it's weird because people are disappointed in something that they had no expectation of. Two weeks ago, <laughs> like that—that's insane. Like, think about that. Like, like, yeah, this is coming. I'm telling you right now that this is coming. And then, you know, next week, ah, oh, it, it didn't hit the mark. People were upset that Frank Ocean said he was going to drop his album on August 5th, and it didn't come out. Mario, we're going to let you speak a third time. <laughs> were you? Ex- were you? I know you're from a younger generation. Were you excited for this Frank Ocean album? Were you one of the folks that were waiting on August 5th at midnight for that album? Uh, I'm be honest, nah, not really. That's just, and that's just me. Cause like, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a, like a old fashioned hip hop guy though. Like I kind of like the classics. Like Father MC. No, <laughs> not like, <laughs> not hear you. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> no, I, I'm, I'm a traditionalist. I like, uh, Jay-Z. Uh, I'm, I'm, I mean, not saying that Frank Ocean is a bad artist because I think his music is quality, you know. And I even told you, you know, when when I spoke to you, I, I was like right around the time that it was supposed to drop, and I was like, man, I can't believe like so many people were upset on Twitter about this Frank Ocean album not yeah. dropping when it was supposed to. And these folks aren't even listening. Like it's like you, you listen to Frank Ocean every day, you know. It's like you just had Channel Orange on for the duration of the last three years, which I love that album. It's good. Well. I didn't know that he was um, Billy Ocean's nephew. No, I just made that up. I hope you but, did, because <laughs> I was about to Google search that. I, <laughs> I was like, what? Nobody's real name is Ocean. Not even Billy Ocean? <laughs> What's Billy Ocean's real name? Mario, we, we check up on we, it. We can't, we can't find that that quickly. <laughs> so uh, I want to talk about, let's, let's jump to sports real quick. Back to sports. Yeah. Are you into... The whole UFC MMA movement. Uh, I caught the um, McGregor Diaz fight, but I, I go either way on on, on MMA um, because the great fighters don't get to build up a record. And I always said um, boxing and MMA have the opposite problem, and it's that boxing, the fight that you want to see, takes forever to materialize and by the time it gets around it's kind of a dud and in MMA the fight you want to see comes immediately 
and you never get to build up any anticipation for it. And it's kind of like the ideal way to do it is is much like professional wrestling did in the 80s in which you just face no-name opponents day in and day out, and then when you got to the pay-per-view, you fought the real people. But you don't need to, you know, you could be a great MMA fighter, like, oh, what's his record? And you're like, uh, he's um, 11 and 6. <laughs> it's like, well, that ain't, that ain't getting me to the screen. Sure. But, you know, boxing, if you haven't gone like 25 and 0, you're, you're, you have no chance of greatness. Like, because we're, we're going to put you in front of people who you got to knock out. And it needs to be a formula like, look, one out of every three of your fights, that's how, how boxing should do it. Like, if you're a commissioner of the WBC or whatever division, say, you get two free fights to make your money. The third fight, we're picking the opponent. If you beat them, we, we run it back. I've just solved boxing, people. <laughs> Mara, you had something? You got an update on the name. Okay. Billy Ocean. What is it? Leslie Sebastian Charles. I mean, I, I don't see why he even had to change that. <laughs> How do you get Billy Ocean out of that? L- LSC. Wow. I'm glad you looked that up. Thank you very much. <laughs> back to this back to this fight, the McGregor Diaz fight. I I personally thought that McGregor was gonna if it went to decision, he was gonna win. Okay. Because if Diaz wins, there's no money in the the third fight. There's gonna be a third fight. Yeah, I've, I I've seen people say that. I, I think there will be I thought McGregor won though. I thought the um I mean hell. The, the, look at his face. I mean, he certainly took punishment. Um, round two was the, the iffy round. I thought that everybody gave McGregor one and four, I think. And round two was the one that could have gone either way. And some one of the scorekeepers gave Diaz um, a 10-8 round. And that's why there was a, a tie on the one scorecard. Do you think that UFC, I watched the... Uh, pre-fight stuff where they have to weigh in the the interviews it's almost turned into like wwe well with mcgregor it, it, it no doubt is but i mean well diaz was he was wilding out too he's throwing water bottles and it okay. was just like it was it was really forced it was kind of fake to me that you know it was they were forcing themselves to do that because remember back in the day tyson's press conferences were just crazy and it was like i think that's real with Tyson, I was like, "Well, with Tyson was off his meds. <laughs> he was <laughs> you, never. You, you, off. Got, you got what you got. Tyson was never off his meds. Oh, don't don't say that about Mike. I cried when Buster Douglas beat him. I don't know if people realize this. He lost the night of. Well, basically, the next morning, Mandela was free. So." That was like a, a bizarre, like, because that, that wasn't the main story that, that next day. And, like, that was literally the biggest thing that had happened in sports in a while. Like, because Tyson was considered unbeatable. And, like, people didn't even check out that fight. I remember my sister coming in the house after watching that fight. Like, and I, I woke up in the morning, like, did, like, did Tyson lose? I thought I heard that last night. But, but, and then, you know, see it in the morning and, like Mandela's being released from prison. It's like this is crazy. Like no one's even, you know, you, it's like you had these two big things to dwell on and obviously one had more world significance, but mm-hmm. it was like difficult to process. Yeah, there there was nothing better than Mike Tyson interviews. 
during that period. Yeah. And it seems like a lot of fighters today, you know, and, and Mayweather was a lot like that. He knew how to sell the fight. He knew that the the interview, the whole build up to the fight was all to sell it. And he would do certain things and in, in, in the interviews that would cause controversy. And it seems like McGregor is now that guy that's yeah. doing that. Yeah, well, I mean, he he's a, he's a talent um, as far as just a trash talker that 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 you know we haven't seen in a long time. And I mean, you know, I, I don't want to compare anyone to Ali, but you know, if there's a, a a level below that, that's what he's on, and it makes him fun. You know, because people will, will watch this cat. And you know, the sad thing is that in MMA, you know, you're not gonna just sweep through the competition because you're gonna, you know. But but if he could just beat everybody, like if he could win the next five fights, you know, he'll be huge. But, I mean, in MMA, how often does that happen? Like you've got to be, you know. And, and that, that's what weakens the sport. That's why boxing to me is still fundamentally stronger than MMA because a star can be a star. And you don't have to replace the star every time somebody falls. Like Floyd Mayweather has been a big name in the game for the past decade. Mm-hmm. And re- really probably longer than that since the heavyweight division has been, you know, largely boring. Weak. Yeah. Did you know Dana White used to carry Mayweather's bags? Still does to me. <laughs> no, I don't. We're back in the day. Okay. Yep. He, car- he carried his bags. That's a, that's a, that's a, a job that, that's available? Uh, apparently, with with Floyd, <laughs> you, he's got all kind of jobs. <laughs> who carries? Who carries the man that carries Dana White's bag? <laughs> well, one thing I want to jump into. Uh, there's a birthday going on, and that's for Morgan Freeman. How old do you think Morgan Freeman is? <laughs> now, I, I didn't, there's there's now people that listen to the podcast. There's been no prep for this. Yeah, a lot of this stuff we're just throwing out. How old do you think Morgan Freeman is? Morgan Freeman came in the game old. So I'm going to try to do some math. When Driving Miss Daisy came out, I'm guessing Morgan Freeman was in his 50s. So that movie is, I'm thinking, late 80s. So add 25 years to, I'm going to say Morgan Freeman is 77. Woo! 79. Okay. okay. Very good guess. Yeah. 79. What's crazy about him is if you Google Morgan Freeman and go to the images Uh and you look at him, he hasn't aged in like 30 years. Yeah. But yet he was looking like he was 75 30 years ago. That's bizarre. Yeah. I mean, I've, and apparently Morgan Freeman was in a movie. Was you know a, a working actor in the seventies? So there, there's there's young Morgan Freeman available if if, if you want to check that out. But, nobody wants that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That well, if you look old early in the game, you've got an advantage over everybody else because everybody else is changing from looking young to old, and you're just remaining old. I mean. It's, it's, it's a solid career move. If you if you look old, like like twenty eight, you might be an actor. Does it doesn't Morgan Freeman look like he's from the South? Isn't he? <laughs> I don't think he is. <laughs> he's, from, he, he's from Toronto. <laughs> he's from the six. <laughs> he's from the six. No, he. Uh, what, what's uh, 
What would you say is Morgan Freeman's best movie? Um, there are a lot of good ones. Glory? Yeah. I think the majority of the people would agree with that. Nah. Yeah. That's um, because he, he, he's the sidekick in so many movies. I mean, he's, yeah. not, he's not like Sam Jackson level of just being in, in everything. But, you know, like like even someone like Evictus, like, you know, who else is going to got to play Mandela like 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 he's obviously you know the person for that and this is a hidden thing Morgan Freeman is the um the Hillary Clinton voiceover person this year so if if the race gets close come October they're breaking out more Morgan Freeman so so I'm happy about that the most trusted the most trusted voice in America Morgan Freeman why well first of all he's from Memphis Tennessee there you go. Is he? Yeah. I didn't know that. Yeah. He just looks like he's from the South. I mean, I don't mean to. Yeah. You know, certain, you know how sometimes certain people look like they're from certain areas? Yeah. Yeah, no doubt. There, there are people who, who are, are regionally specific. And we need to. Like the Neville brothers. <laughs> <laughs> we, you know, one thing we need to do, we're going to do this one podcast, is we're going to take different colleges, basketball schools, and talk about where certain people that look a certain way Go to certain this is, schools. This is clearly an Arizona reference. <laughs> <laughs> Glenn, you could have gone to Arizona and played. I, I think we, we, we both could have. <laughs> we agree on that. Yeah, I got one, one more thing on. <laughs> could have uh, started. <laughs> one more thing on Morgan Freeman. And he's been in the game since uh, 1985. He came out with uh, it was the first movie he was in. So he, he's been in a lot of movies. Matter of fact, he is the third Highest box office star at four point three billion dollars. That, that that's fake. That's real. No. And in two thousand eight, it's real, but it's fake. In two thousand eight, <laughs> he had a car accident. Do you remember this? No. He had a girl in the car, and it was a nineteen ninety seven Nissan Maxima. Okay. And a lot of people were just like very bizarre. In 2008, one of the third highest box office stars was in a 1997 Nissan Maxima. Yeah, well, that, that, that that's because he's not the – well, th- those numbers are, are padded because Morgan Freeman's number one. I mean, um, Samuel Jackson's number one. But it's because he's in every movie. So if you're in every movie, if I say I'm an extra in Titanic – and that appears on my IMDb you get those page. numbers. I, I get all I get all that Titanic money. So so me and DiCaprio um, body count for 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 paychecks is the same, and that's obviously crazy. Billy Zane is is, is equal <laughs> is equal box office as DiCaprio from Titanic. Watch your mouth. <laughs> this is where the podcast stops. <laughs> No, but it seems like any movie you have, you could write a character and put Morgan Freeman in it. Yeah, or Billy Zane, for that matter. <laughs> <laughs> but I think it's it's debatable that his best movie is Lean on Me. That's I'll, not debatable. <laughs> that's debatable, I'll, very debatable. No, it's no, it, nominated for nothing. The Nomin- best. Nominated for, for nothing, but... <laughs> well, there you have it. But it was a great movie. A very memorable character, Joe Clark. Yeah, but but it's not no no one no one's um um given that if 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 you gave me a list of Morgan Freeman movies, that's not in the top seven. And 
that right there, Mario, was number four, I think, for you. That was the fourth time you chimed in. Fifth. That was was that fifth. It's getting high. The number, the he numbers should, are racking up. He should have stopped at three. He's, he's got to get his name on on the. We've got to put his name on the. <laughs> Let, let's 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 jump back to a sports item. The Olympics, Ryan Lochte. Yeah. Let's talk a little bit about that. What's your take on that? A uh, minor setback for a major comeback. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Ryan Lochte's done. It's only so many great swimmers in the world. Um, if Michael Phelps truly is retired, we got 2020, and the Lochte train just keeps on rolling, baby. So you, so you're saying talent trumps all? Uh, I would like to see, put it like this. It I'm does now, in football. I'm now interested in, in what Ryan Lochte does next. It, it, it's fun to me because he just shouldn't have lied. I mean, all you have to say, like, look, we were drunk and we messed up. Bam. And people would have said, yeah, that's not the look that we want, but we can still still rock with you. Now he's losing sponsors. Speedo just dropped him today. Ralph Lorenzo. He lost four sponsorships today, I just read. Hmm. And, you know, I, I didn't know what, what all four was. I know he's on, on Ralph Lauren because, you know, I, I rock more low than everybody. I know that. Yeah. Preach, preach, to the, preach the word to the Lord. <laughs> but, but yeah, but it, it's now, um, I don't want to say it's gone too far because it's just kind of like he's making it worse because he won't just come out and just give a full mea culpa apology, which you need to do. And then people would, would like, okay, now let's build build it back up. So he, he's not done sinking, but I don't know. It, it's just a bad look because you're you're kind of, you know, you're in another country. You're dealing with, with people who are, you know, poorer than you. And, you know, Brazil is, you know, fighting, you know, the image of corruption and you make up a narrative that plays to people's predisposed notions of what the darker side of Brazil is, no pun intended or possible pun intended. So yeah, I, I, I feel bad for him because I don't think he's a bad dude. He just doesn't know how to minimize the damages on, on his mistake. He's a Florida Gator. <laughs> You know, I got to throw that in there. My my brother works for the University of Florida. Oh, okay. D- disclosure. Yep. So 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 this isn't got to be a biased <laughs> take. I, I'm, I'm not going to say anything. Oh, okay. I'm but not, yeah, I'm not, I've heard stories about Lochte from from my brother. Not to say they were they were bad, but I've just heard about him for a while. Yeah. Uh, through my brother. So and shout out my nephew, uh-huh. Isaac Meacham, who was a sophomore at Gainesville High School. Okay. And played in his first uh, varsity. A game this past Friday. Football. Football. How did he do? I think he did well. I think yeah, he was in, uh, involved with 15 plays. Oh, he didn't okay. have anything thrown to him. I believe that they what have. Position a, is he? It's a wide receiver. Okay, you got to say this stuff. Yeah, he's a wide. I'm it's sorry. A, he could be heavy, he could be heavy set and be be, be be the center. No, no, he's he's uh he's like my he's about five. I think he's about five nine. Okay, thin. He's fast. Okay, we got we have to get him on the podcast one day because he's very opinionated. He listens to the podcast. He has a lot of opinions. Got to pay your dues though. <laughs> You gotta earn you gotta, it. You gotta, you we'll gotta get, be like Cool J. You gotta wait your turn. <laughs> so shout out, shout out to him. So let's let's go to your segment here. Let's draw the line in the sand. Yeah, well, you know, speaking of the of the, of the politics, um, again, discussions with people on, on both sides of the aisle, and one of the things I'm getting sick of is the whole um, uh, false equivalency. If you say, 
okay, Trump's bad, but 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 you know I don't like Hillary's t- either, and and it's always this thing that, yeah, Trump did this today, but you know. Hillary is is a liar. She lied about those emails. And then they mentioned something else about Trump and they, they go back to Hillary in the emails. I'm like, yo, you keep bringing up the same thing with Hillary while Trump is adding to the list of things that would have theoretically disqualified anyone else. And look, I get it. In politics, it's not necessarily the candidate that you go for. It's the candidate basically carries water for uh, specific beliefs and, and, and issue positions. So if you're pro-abortion or you're, you're, you know, you know, if you're always, if you're pro-choice, you're always going to be a Democrat. And if you're, you know, pro-life, you're always going to be, be a Republican. So I don't care, you know, you could put Genghis Khan up for one of those positions. If, he, if he's, you know, advocating for my team, I'm going to ride with you. But the Washington Post posted a list of the various things that, that Trump has done in the past or said in the past mm, six months that, that theoretically would have just disqualified anybody else. I'm going to read a few of them off to you. Um, called immigrants rapist. Uh, said John McCain is not a hero. Um, referred to Megyn Kelly's menstruation cycle. <laughs> Insulted Carly Fiorina's looks. Um, said voters don't care about policy, um, gets military advice from news stories, um, calls Iowa voters stupid, says Muslims in New Jersey celebrated 9-11, makes fun of a disabled reporter, encourages rally violence, uh, calls the Pope disgraceful, uh, refuses to disavow racists. Um, said women should be punished for abortions. Suggest um, someone should kill his opponent and declares that Obama founded ISIS. So that's just a small list to, to go against Hillary's emails. So that's like uh, 19 to 1. So if you want to vote for Trump, you know, do what you got to do. I'm not I'm not, I'm not going to, you know, be upset with you. But don't act like it's even because it's not. I'm drawing a line to say. Do you think that Trump really wants to win this election? If he wanted to lose this election, would he do anything different? He's done a lot to lose it. Yeah. And, And just when Hillary is getting blasted for these emails, all he really had to do was just be quiet. Well, that's the thing. Like, like, because now I haven't heard from Hillary Clinton since since the the uh, the uh, convention. Nothing. You don't, and you don't need. She can take a vacation, because he's just gonna do something crazy, and she's got enough money to run ads until the cows come home. And I don't think Trump is getting any donations at this point. I mean, I heard um, John Oliver made the 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 the, the notion that. What if Trump said, look, this has all been a joke just to expose the the foolishness of American politics and just walked away? That would be the only thing that could like redeem his um, image right now, because he's he's hurting himself and not going to win the election. So it's bizarre. Like, why would you, you know, the, the only strategy he has at this point is to team up with Roger Ailes, who who just left Fox News, who's now, you know, um, 
being being sued or whatever for for like harassment or whatever. but basically make a Trump network that is the new Fox News for people who thought Fox News was actually too liberal and just move one one move over and now the Trump News station is even more right wing super conservative well super 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 if you thought if you didn't think Fox News was conservative enough and you know there there's a there, there's an audience for that I mean, like Breitbart is just basically um, conservative conspiracy of the day. And let's run with it. (laughs) How did Trump make it this far? Too many candidates. When you have 17 people vying for it, the person who already has built in name recognition and had the largest microphone, I think you can. and, And the problem was none of the other guys thought he would. They they let him pass because he was a sideshow that was bringing them attention that they knew eventually wasn't going to win. And people kept getting knocked out and he kept getting popular and they didn't want to attack him because, of course, he can't win. So once it started to weed down, you know, like like they're going hard, like all of them thought Jeb was going to win. So they all attacked Jeb. And then when Jeb seems weak, they all attack Rubio. And when Rubio, you know, gets ousted, then it comes down to, okay, you know, who are you going to vote for? Chris Christie or or Trump or Cruz, who everyone apparently hates. So, you know, you just, it, 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 it's like a, um, um, a NCAA tournament. And and one team just keeps advancing because a weaker team gets placed in front of them. And then the next thing you know, during the championship game, you're like, how the hell did this happen? How about touch back on Ted Cruz? Yeah. On how he got up at the RNC. (laughs) That was gangster. (laughs) And and now, I mean, they they had to take him out of there with security out of the RNC. Yeah, yeah. I respected his move. Well, I mean, Trump was, was talking crazy about his wife. So, I mean, you know, whatever, whatever. It's, it's, it's all fair game now. You talking? You, you bringing my girl into this? <laughs> why would they let him speak? Because it wasn't a professional operation. Why, why would you let Scott Bale speak? I was happy about that. I was wondering what Scott Bale was doing. <laughs> Who's the other dude? Uh, um, um, Antonio, ex model. I mean, no one knows. Like, I don't know his name right now. Like, I, I knew it that week because it, apparently he had a VH1 date, like, like dating show. <laughs> But I mean, like, like, how did that? If, if you're letting, what, what was the the bar? What was the 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 celebrity bar that you say that you know they had Scott Bell speak on their side, and on the Democrat side they had Meryl Streep, literally the most decorated actress in the history of film, and Scott Bell. Who's not even doing movies like like he's a television star that's no longer from 20. I mean, that that's insane. Like, I couldn't really draw a further comparison. Like, no one's more accomplished than Meryl Streep. Meryl Streep, ex-boyfriend, was was never in a movie that didn't didn't get nominated for Best Picture. And, and that, that's a story for another day. But he was five for five and, and, and he died. He was the guy that played. um. Um, Fredo and the Godfather. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that, that's that's a whole other story. But that dude was five for five. No, no one ever has a higher shooting percentage with him. Get he was 
Steph Curry had nothing on, on that dude <laughs> who, whose name I can't re- remember. And I swear, Mario, if you look this up and you intervene, I'm, I'm coming through that booth. <laughs> Scott Bayo. I said the Democrats should have brought out Calvin from 227. <laughs> What's he doing? What's that cat up to? Nothing. Absolutely nothing. <laughs> he, he, own, he owns Clear Channel. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about, I want to talk about the, uh, the Trump Make America Great hats. I thought actually that was a, a, a actually a, a the, smart the, move. Does it rival the Pete Rose quality hat? <laughs> because cause that and the Hit King hats, same manufacturer. But if you ever noticed, when Pete Rose wears his pro model hats, they usually match the collar on his button-down shirt. Okay. He does wear shirts that have um, um, contrast collars, right? Absolutely. <laughs> and it usually goes with the pro model fitted. Wow. He's still getting hits. <laughs> Don't get it twisted. <laughs> That's a hit right there. It is. <laughs> yeah. But back to these Trump hats. It's almost like... I've seen people on Facebook, Instagram, just young people, uh, especially during the uh, the summertime when people were at the beach, they were posting different pictures. But there would be like kids wearing Make America Great hats, <laughs> a, like almost as a joke. Okay. Just, you know. Oh, it's worth it's, it's worth buying it just for, for – because um, I told you I was, I was going to get a jab T-shirt because I knew it wasn't going to win. But it was super funny to have a shirt that just said jab on it and this is – J-E-B exclamation point. And so when he dropped out, I was like, okay, great. I'm going to go to jebbush.com and I'm, I'm going to get, um, you know, obviously they're going to be discounted. Nope. Could, couldn't find them, much like the Olympic shirts. They did not exist. <laughs> <laughs> they, they, took them, it, they took them off the market. Really? And, I mean, you go to eBay and get you um, a fake one that, that, that's um, not quite the font of, of the, the, the authentic Jeb shirt. But that's not how I play this game. That's not how you roll. You know, I, I've said for a long time that if I was smart, what I would have done growing up was saved an outfit from whatever year it was. So 1989. Just save a shirt and pants or even hat that represented that, that year. particular year. Okay. And just kept it going. And I'm, I'm going to do that now. I more or less did that. <laughs> have you? I've got, I've got some old stuff, man. I mean, I have some old stuff, but if I got a cross colors hat, I love that. Yeah, <laughs> feel free to borrow my cross color hat. Oh, if, trust if me. If you ever, that, that, that could be one one of uh, the Monday moves. <laughs> oh, trust me, I'm gonna call you. But those those are make America great hats, and the fact that they're like so old school looking. They even had the the, the, the original front. ones. The original ones had the. Remember that string in the front? Yeah, yeah. Behind the bill or yeah. at the top of yeah, the bill? Right, right at the right at the um the point where where the bill hits the the uh, the the vertical <laughs> the vertical jump of the hat. Right. What's the deal? I mean, he did not expect to go far because that that I think he just said I need a hat made up, and somebody just made him a hat at the the cheapest place that that they can find, and then that became the hat, and they couldn't alter it then because the official one is now out there. So you don't think they had a meeting and planned that out? No, like he doesn't have a logo. Like, like I don't think Hillary's logo is the greatest, the the H with the arrow or whatever. But you know, they went to a firm that 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 you know came up with several different options, and you know, you do what you do when you're 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 legitimate. You have have a um you know a graphic design team, and they 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 spitball ideas, and you 
play around with different color choices and you, you test market it for, for, you know, sample size and then you come out with your thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> not, not Trump. But it's amazing how sometimes things you don't plan to be super successful turn out to be things that are super successful. And I'll give you an example. Uh, local clothing, sneaker uh, um, stores they had here locally in Cincinnati, Devereaux. Yeah, yeah. So way back when Devereaux first started, there was one. The first one was in Swift and Commons, the mall here in, in Cincinnati uh, on Reading Road. And what Devereaux did was they had these red bags. So when you bought your clothes oh, yeah. or your shoes, you'd get a red Devereaux then one of those plastic red bags. Yeah. And they were decent-sized bags. What happened was the kids that were going to the, – there's a high school right across the street from Old Swift and Commons, Woodward High School. And there's that bus line that drops right off at Swift. And so a lot of kids were coming from around the city and going to Devereaux, and they were buying you know, the Jordans and all these different gear. But what they were doing was that Devereaux bag was used as their book bag after a while. Oh, wow. So kids were putting their books. They were putting – so then it would go from their books to the clothes they would wear to gym or they would need for basketball practice after. So what happened was – and I, I know the former owner of Devereaux, what was happening James was – James Devereaux. No, Larry Driscoll. So what was happening Why was – they call it Devereaux? I'll, I'll get into that in a second. <laughs> I'll get into that. You're buried the lead. These kids would stand – in front of bus stops on streets holding the Devereaux bags. And it got to a point where Larry felt they didn't even need to do any sort of marketing at that point because the bags... The bag was that strong? Yeah. So then (laughs) Foot Locker then came out with their bag that had the the pinstripes and the the pull string. Okay. And that became a hot bag. Oh, wow. Things you don't learn unless you live in the ghetto. (laughs) But they had no idea that that bag was going to be that much of a deal. And so then what happened was they, they had this meeting and they said, okay, let's let's create like a, a super bag that you know kids are going to want to always have and carry around. So they switched up their bag and it didn't work. Wow. So they went back to the red bag. You can't, you, you can't, you can't play around with this culture. Can't mess with greatness. But the name um, Devereaux comes from – Larry's originally from uh, Michigan – and I, and I guess uh, somewhere in that in that area, uh, that was a that was a term that people called each other, like you know, hey, what's up, bro? Hey, what's up? What's up, Devereaux? And when he moved here, <laughs> Devereaux, I, what? I, I, I'm, okay. I, I'm, this is what I was told. Yeah, yeah. So when he got here, he just called it uh, called it Devereaux. Okay. And and that was it. You can't you can't make that up. Speaking of Swift and Commons, the old mall, and for for those that are listening to our podcast that are not from Cincinnati, and there there have been quite a few people from uh, out of town that have listened to our podcast, and sometimes they tell me, hey, man, that's stuff in Cincinnati. You've got to give us some detail on this. Well, Swift and Commons, and help me with this, Glenn, was an open mall. Yeah. It was one of the earliest malls. uh, I think Trump has something actually to do with that. Trump made his first million dollars. Okay. Here in Cincinnati, in the apartments right next to Swift okay. and Commons. And, and didn't the DeBartolos that owned the 49ers, I think they um, owned Swift and Commons Mall for a while. Really? Yeah, because they're based, they're, they're Ohio based. I think they're from Youngstown. Didn't know that. And, and Youngstown, of mafia. course, is, is the mafia capital of the Midwest. Michael Jackson had a house in Youngstown. Really? Yes. Wow. Secret house. 
full of children. <laughs> that was Glenn Riley who said that. So Swifting Commons was early on one of the more interesting places to go. Uh, the unique stores they had in there. Anytime there was a – and remember back in the day when the Jordans, like now, if you wanted to pick up the new Air Jordans, the Yeezys, the new Nike Air Maxes, it, there's usually a Saturday morning release. Yeah. You remember back in the day, they would come out during the week when kids were in school. And what would happen? Kids people, would – People skip school. People would skip school. What was the deal back in the day? Like – was it just so few of us that really was checking for Jays? Because like, it wasn't no big thing. Like you could, you could, you could just get your Jordans. <laughs> it wasn't. You didn't have to stand in a line. No one had to rush. It was like, yo, I want to get some Jordans, and my mom is down with it. And you know, I think they're out right now. I'm gonna go to the mall. Oh yeah, mom, they got the Jordans. Okay, we gotta come back later on. We gonna buy the Jordans. Yeah, I think. Um, I think the the price shock was was one big thing back then. Okay. Because it wasn't as, you know, a hundred, what was it? I think it was the Jordan 3s. Yeah. That was, was the that first was the first ones. To be- to, yeah, because the, the, the first joints were were like 75, 80, which, which, was, which was high back then. Because I, I, like Reebok freestyle high tops were like 55, 60. And I was kind of like, okay, like like this is, this is far, far as mom's going to go. <laughs> so when Jays were like 80, you were like, Ugh. Yeah, I, I think that's what kept people from. Okay, in my opinion, I think that's part of it. And then, they, I think a lot of them sold out, but it was the time frame in which they sold out. You know, it it, it took longer, like like you say. Well, I guess people weren't. Che- it was no retro market either. No retro. So, so they just continued to make J's the whole year. Like so, when the, you know, and you only had like four colorways. So I guess that was part of it as well. But yeah, I mean, I remember like when when I got. Like had a summer job. Like I had money. Like I'd have to ask mom for nothing, you know. And I would get like a check for, you know, two hundred and fifty dollars. It's like okay, I could buy two pairs of shoes for one. The Jordans are like one twenty or something like that. And it's like I just get them when I, when I feel like right. it. it. wasn't like you know, this this um, invisible pressure that was just forced upon you. Like okay, man, God, if I don't get you know, like right now I want the the joints to drop last week, and I'm like, man, like am I gonna am I gonna be caked up soon enough to get them? Yeah, well, also, I think you look at the different kids and just the, especially the kids that are buying it now. I think when we were growing up, more of just the inner city, the black kids were getting Jordans. Yeah. And there were a lot of, I think, white kids that were like, eh, I'm not really into that. Yeah, that's true. And, and now you can go from. They're rocking them sambas. You can you could go, you know, to any high school in Cincinnati, whether it's an all white school, an all black school, and you will see kids. In Jordans, and I don't think you saw that as much back in the day. Yeah, yeah, I think the 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 culture was very separate at a certain point, and it, you know, pre-internet, pre, pre, you know, that's another thing with rap music that got people kind of everybody on on the same boat. So by the time you get to like the late nineties, then it's kind of like you know, white folks are hip to what black folks are doing, black folks are hip to what white folks are doing. But but yeah, there there was a distinction back in the late eighties, no doubt. And the stores in Swift and Commons, the mall, were were very unique. (laughs) You know what? There weren't many – I don't think there were many food places in the food court there. Were there? Originally there were, but but they started to um, to, to, to knock them off one-on-one. It was the original cookie company. There was um, Zabarro's. 
Yeah. There was. Oh, um, that's in every. There was <laughs> every a, a, a Euro place, and uh, there was a Chili place. Yeah, I mean, it, it was fully stocked at one point, but but the thing about about Swifton, when things start to go wrong, they did. It, it was like a, a house would, would get evacuated. It was like Detroit right now. Someone, someone, someone leave. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. You just compared Swift and Commons to Detroit? Yeah. Well, well, when someone would leave, no one would replace it. You couldn't, you couldn't oh, get, yeah, get yeah. A, another tenant back. So, yeah. I mean, and Swift and operated for maybe five years where it was like just Foot Locker, Devereaux, Soul Fashion, or Soul Train in New York. Soul Train in New York. And, um, like the record store, the record store. Yeah, it, it was it was crazy. Like you know, Walden Books had closed. Um, JJ Newberry's closed. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's old school. Well, speak. Do you remember the the record store in oh, Swifton? Yeah. yeah, no doubt. Remember that guy that worked in there? Oh, Robert. Was that his name? Yeah, yeah. Tall skinny dude. Yeah, 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 yeah. Shout, shout out to Robert. <laughs> he used to ride his bike. Yeah, yeah. Because I would see him uh, leaving work on his bike. Yeah. Well, there was uh, back when we used to buy tapes, and for the young people listening, there were tapes. You could buy the full tape with all the songs off the album, and you could get the singles. The single, yeah. And th- that's when the record industry started to change. When the, the, I heard that people started to say, uh, the record industry itself started saying, "We're gonna, we're not gonna release the singles anymore because people are just buying the singles and they're not buying the whole album." And when this came around, they were even more reluctant to release the um, the CD single, especially when, when when the album first dropped. They might release a single three or four months later to try to get an additional sale for somebody who already purchased the album. And that's why I feel no sympathy for what's going on with, with pirated music because they, they forced our hand into that corner. Remember when you would buy a single, okay? And let's say it was... Uh Back in the day, it was uh, MC Hammer. Okay. Or no, better yet, let's say that it was Big Daddy Kane, and you got Ain't No Half-Stepping, all right? Let's say that was 1989, 90. Yeah. Is that right? On the flip side, it would have the instrumental. Yeah, yeah. And everybody would take that instrumental and put it in their boom box, and they would have two tape decks, and you'd play the one, and you'd record on the other, and I don't know if you did a lot, but you had that little microphone. Okay. And you'd make your own little freestyle. Uh, yeah. I mean, I think we all. Uh, well, you, I was got got suggested we we did do a, a Monica um, verse. You heard, heard that thing? Oh, the Sogon. Yeah, yeah. But I was like, that's nah. a tough beat to. Well, the thing about it is that's another thing that like that that was hot on Friday, but but Monday it's over. <laughs> It's good. Whatever. It's it's so gone. Yeah, it really is so gone. But one of the one of the tapes that I bought from Swift and Commons in the record. What was the record store even called? Do you remember? Man, that, that, that's a we we got, we got to find that one out. And what I loved about them, they would sell tapes early. <laughs> like, <laughs> you, you knew somebody. Oh, if you knew somebody. Oh man, you that, got that reminds me of, of a story. Uh, there was a record store further up Reading Road. Um, in the same community as Swifton at Bond Hill, um, almost directly across the street from where Kentucky Fried Chicken used to be, that's just now a store that sells everything, um, wire, <laughs> wireless phone service or whatever. <laughs> but it was it was known as Third World Records, and Third World Records was that the place next to the beauty shop? Uh, I think so. Okay, and and 
they they sold legitimate records. It wasn't like it was bootleg, or whatever. But they only had so many. It, it was almost as if a guy basically took took maybe two boxes full of full of tapes, or whatever. And so the thing we always uh, me and my, my best friend Norm would always joke about that the guy would say, like, "You go in there and say, okay, y'all got the new um, PM Dawn album," and he'd be like, "No, not not now, but we can get it." But we can get it. And it's like, well, I'm not going to really wait around until you you handle what you got to do on your end because there's a store right down the road that has it, that, 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 that probably has it. And I'm going to go to you first because you're closer to my house. But but your your, your kinetic ability to, to eventually do something. How many how much stuff did they have in there? N- Limited. Not a lot. It was almost like um, but they could get it. They could get it though. So so don't so so, so, so don't like sleep. A, sounds like a skit. It on was like a jewel color. case uh, of, of like like, <laughs> like yeah. We 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 got what we got here. But um, well, I I got the new DOS effects early <laughs> from the Spot and Swift and Commons. That new DOS effects. I was so excited about that. But one of the one of the albums that I bought from that record store. And this is one of uh, the, the highlighted artists that I like to do every week on our podcast and go back to the 80s and 90s, whether it's hip-hop and R&B, and look at an artist who may be a one-hit wonder artist and a lot of uh, people today don't talk about. Last week, we featured Father MC. Oh, man. <laughs> fan body. <laughs> who slowly became Mario's favorite artist. <laughs> today, Glenn, I've got a new artist. This artist is out of Cleveland, Ohio. Okay. He goes by the name, the real name, of James D. Shannon Davis. Oh, wow. Better known in the 1990s as MC Brain. Oh, man. MC Brain out of Cleveland, Ohio, was best known for his hit song, Uchi Coochie. <laughs> what, what could be said? Yeah, turn that up in my headphones. I am the brains and I'm up to par. Quit acting brand new. I know you're fruity. Cause when you're walking, you're shaking that booty. All the guys thinking you're hard to get. You just don't know you haven't met the brains yet. At the beginning, it's my game is kicking. But at the end, it's the boots I'm sticking. Why don't you come, come give me that booty? So you can spend the whole night with MCP. I will correct you and rub you like a booty. You got a promise to give me the hoochie coochie. Come on and give me that printed body. In a kind of position, you have to Now keep in mind. Hand to hand together, you know we will have fun. That was a certified gold song. <laughs> you feeling that one? Uh, come on, come on, Glenn. No, nah, was. I liked another another MC Brain song, but not not, not that one. <laughs> there weren't many more. So Michael Bivens discovered him, and he signed to Motown Records. That Uchi Coochie song. I just love saying that. This Uchi Coochie song <laughs> was off the <laughs> album Lovers Lane. Okay. His other hit song off Lover's Lane was Everyone is Talking About Brains. Yeah, that, that, that's what that, 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 that's why I came along with that one. Now, he followed up the album Lover's Lane with the album Brainwashed. 
I'm not familiar with it. <laughs> Nobody is. Now, if you go on to YouTube and you look up MC Brains, you won't see a lot of things, but one thing you'll see is a performance he had at the Apollo. Okay. And the crazy thing is, I think Michael Bivens, uh, formerly, for those that don't know, Michael Bivens was in New Edition, also in Bell Biv DeVoe, and he started his own, uh, I think, label through Motown yeah. Records. Biv 10. Biv 10. A, a playoff of Big 10, which, which I don't think was, was <laughs> I don't think that was a great playoff word. Well, and, uh, what happened was they he went on, Michael Bivens went on the Apollo and said, I want to debut some of my new acts. Okay. So. Always the, a bold choice. The, the, yeah, the people, and, and for those that don't know, the Apollo. If you it, don't know the Apollo, then turn off the. the, the <laughs> it's in Harlem, right? Yes. And it's a rough crowd. But MC Brains, well, before MC Brains came out to perform Uchi Coochie, his hype man came out. <laughs> and his hype man came out to kind of get the crowd hype. And he goes, now who's ready for MC Brains? <laughs> and the crowd's like, who? It's, it's, it's funny to see the crowd. And you're talking about people in Harlem, New York. Yeah. And they're just like looking. Waiting on it. And MC Brains hadn't hit the stage yet. So as soon as he said, are you ready for MC Brains? Like nobody reacted. MC Brains comes running out. And he just is bouncing with energy. And he's doing his verse just with, like, passion. And people at the Apollo <laughs> start to go crazy for this guy. Wow. But let me tell you the best. That, that was not to expect. The best thing he did, uh-huh. he found the lady in the front row okay. at the Apollo. Oh, I know you're and talking And he about. went and danced with her over from there. That's the move. He turned the Apollo out. Talk about that lady in the front row, Glenn. She she was always active. She was um, if 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 one person can be the metaphoric um, voice of the people, that that was her. She was at every Apollo show, every show on TV. Yeah, she had to uh, like I mean, a fifteen year run. Yeah, well, I, after a while, I mean, I, I you know, hopefully she's not paying for tickets. Like like she she was she was a fixture. Like, like she was as much as a fixture as 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 Kiki Shepard or Frank Owens in the band, and later Ray Chu in the crew. She she was that much of a fixture. And, and I, I know the I know these names resonate to everyone, but but yeah, that that was just what it is. An, as, unexpected, as much as the Sandman, an unexpected fixture. Yeah, ex- yeah, no doubt. You knew she was gonna be there. And she would. It was almost like if you performed, if you were a male performer, and you performed at the Apollo. She would if if she wasn't if the crowd wasn't feeling you, she wasn't getting up and dancing with you. Yeah. But if she was feeling you, yeah, no doubt. She would get up. Well, MC Brains got off the stage and went to seek her out. Smart move. Smart move. But but befitting of someone named MC Brains. <laughs> That's right. The- <laughs> <laughs> One day we've got to speak about the Sandman too. Yeah, because is that the blackest thing ever? <laughs> that, 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 that this is how we tell you that that you're not hitting it. Uh, uh, a clown. I, I don't want to call him a clown purely because he wasn't a clown, but he would come out with a broom. You got swept off the stage by old man with a broom. But didn't he later on have a hook? Okay, yeah, yeah. Maybe it was a hook. Was it a broom and a hook? Did he have both? I, I think the hook, I think he had the hook and some people kind of fought it. Okay. They didn't like that. Okay. So I think you're right. I think they went to they the broom. They went to the broom. But, but yeah, ridiculous. One of, one of the goals, 
every week with our podcast is, is we talk about these different artists from Father MC to MC Brains. One of my goals is to try to get a hold of one of these artists and get them to call into our podcast. So MC Brains, if you're out there, you hear this podcast, <laughs> we are trying to get a hold of If anybody out there knows MC Brains. I, I, this, this, is, this is uncomfortable. <laughs> you have to realize, too, when, when we're – Speaking of these artists, we're also speaking of the time frame. Because, like, you know, look, would I have traded places with MC Brains circa um, 1992? You, you're damn right. Like, 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 don't don't get it. Don't get it twisted. Like, we could all sit back and make fun of MC Brains in 2016. But, uh, you know, everyone was talking about MC Brains in, in, in 1992. <laughs> There's no doubt. No doubt. And, and Father MC, for that matter. <laughs> Fam body. <laughs> Glenn? That's all I have for this week. Oh man, I guess we we've 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 ran ran our course. I think we've ran our course. Glenn, I have no further comments. Okay, I guess that guess that we're gonna that's what we're gonna go with right there. Been a great week. We will see every we'll talk to everyone next next week, and I'm sure with the way social media goes, there'll be a lot of things popping we can talk about. Hey, fireworks and bottles over here. <laughs>